Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. Thanks, Pastor Galen. I, I guess we got the memo that we're all wearing black pants and gray shirts today. Phil's got one on as well. Um, anyone else with black pants and a gray shirt on? I didn't think so. Cool. Just us. An elite group of people. Man, it is so great to be able to worship with you. It's always a pleasure to be able to stand and share uh, whatever it is that God has laid upon my heart in the series of hills and valleys. I certainly was hoping I would get the hills portion, but here we are today that I get to share the message of a valley. But I promise you, as we leave this place today, you'll feel encouraged to be able to know that even in the midst of the chaos of whatever it is that you're going through in life, it's in those moments in the valley that God does incredible things. Um, speaking of incredible things, God has been up to some great work in the life of our community here in this church. So many different ministries are growing, and, and you heard it just at the start of the year. Um, our church is needing people to step up and step into different ways of reaching our community, and REC is another one of those ways. It's already been a tremendous uh, experience for me over the last two years of being able to serve alongside of so many great people to make um, what REC is today, and it's because of the faithfulness of this church over decades to be able to say we're going to take an opportunity to use sports and classes and make an opportunity for kids in our community to just experience what it's like to be a kid and do so in a place that's a safe environment, all while seeing the need for us to do whatever we can as a church to help be there for our families. And so one way that you can do that, like Pastor Galen mentioned, October 15th is our fall festival here. We were doing uh, as best as we could to rethink how we can make our award ceremonies special. And this is one way that we can do that. And that's by making this event on the 15th a family event and make our, it available for our children's ministries, our our preschool as well, too. So there's already hundreds of people that have signed up to come, and so many of you have already signed up to be a part of that event on the 15th. And I want to encourage you, if you're considering it, it'll be a great way for you just to see what our rec community looks like. It's really a, a cool group of people from all walks of life, from all places around the world, where we just come together and have fun. And it's really, really great to be a part of. So be praying for that and, and consider what it might look like for you to step into that area and opportunity. Pastor J.M. led the message last week talking about the mountaintop experience. And if you missed that message last week, I would encourage you to take some time out of your week this week. It'll, it'll help paint a picture of where we are today, and I'll spend some time going back into that moment. But the mountaintop, oftentimes, we will create these false mountaintops where we'll, we'll see where we are and we feel like, all right, God, this is good enough. But when God has more in store for us, and really as he shared throughout that story of Elijah, God used him in a way that only could be done if God intervened into that moment. And so for each and every one of us today, and even last week, it was a reminder for us that we can't do this without the help of God. And Elijah used his obedience to be able to provide others with the ability to see what God can do. But the same thing can be said for each and every one of us, that God will prove himself faithful for those who are obedient. But Pastor J.M. left us with a bit of a cliffhanger because in a series titled Hills and Valleys, it makes sense today, right? I get to share from the valley. 
And you look at the story of Elijah and you think about where we were and where we left off last week and you're like, how could that even be possible? Here was Elijah, a man that God had chosen to go and speak to these people. God shows up, God uses Elijah and really finds himself in an interesting position. Maybe you've seen this before. Maybe you find yourself doing more harm than it is good. When good things happen, things, like, things can feel like you're on top of the world. And oftentimes there's these great videos that circulate the internet of times where people celebrate a little too early. You know what I'm talking about? Where someone's crossing the finish line, their arms are up, and maybe they're showboating a little bit, and then someone passes them at the last minute. Maybe it's uh, a crazy college football game where a a field goal attempt is going to be taken and only to be returned for a touchdown and the team loses. It's in these moments where finishing strong matters most. And the same thing is to be said about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And really, when it comes to taking whatever it is that God has given us, any blessing, and being able to use it for his good rather than take that glory for ourselves, it's important for us to consider those things. And times like these are moments that I can look back at my own life and think about the times where I maybe disappointed some of the people that cared about me the most. Maybe it was times when things were going really, really well, and I ultimately took it upon myself to take the credit, which led me to a place where things just didn't turn out so well. One of those just happened not too long ago. I I love being able to be a dad to two beautiful girls, and I love packing their lunch every morning and making them a healthy breakfast of whatever is available in the pantry. Uh, But I remember one specific day, I thought I would go the extra mile. And maybe you've got a typical morning routine that you have, and when things like enter into your brain, you're like, I would have to do this, and this would mean that it would influence this. Maybe you're a little bit hesitant, but for me, that was that day. And it was gonna, I was going to make my wife lunch. And it was, a, it was a tough ask because all I had to do was open the freezer and get a meal out of the freezer for her to take with her, you know, throw a few other things in there with her, some fruits, some vegetables. And I got razzed after the first service. They said, what, what vegetable did you put in there? And it might have been a bag of chips. And I feel like chips might be a vegetable, so you have to give me some credit for that. But, but I remember going out of my way to make lunch for her. And, I, you know, you walk around, you're proud, and she comes down the stairs. And I said, right by the door, your lunch is ready, and your nice frosty cold water. And you take your keys and you go. And I felt so good. But I remember getting that lunch and preparing it and then going throughout my day and 3.30 comes around, and I open the front door to the house, and you hear that noise. And maybe your freezer isn't like mine, but if it is, then you know that sound all too well. Beep. Beep. And I was like, oh, no. It means I left the freezer open. And I run in there, and I'm hoping it's just cracked, and I just have to throw away the corn dogs, but it's wide open. It's just the, the kitchen's freezing. The food is soft. It's no good. And it wasn't like a partial foul. I mean, we had just stocked up on some, some groceries. So I'm talking, and you know inflation these days. It doesn't matter if you're shopping at Aldi or Meyer or wherever. That freezer was done, and that was a lot of money. And so I remember feeling so defeated and feeling so discouraged to think, man, I felt so good going out of my way to make something for my wife as difficult as pulling a meal out of that freezer. And all it took was that small moment of me not closing the freezer, which put me in a position where it felt like there I was in the midst of my failure, being so proud of where I was, but ultimately a defi- just an utter disgrace, just broken. A difficult task for easy, easy, any of us can be oftentimes looking back on those moments and letting God take the glory for whatever it is that we've gone through because we're so focused on ourselves. And as we look at, back at the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18, remember Elijah had just called upon God 
God shows up for these people. God uses Elijah's obedience to be able to share the word of God. Look at what he said last week from Pastor J.M. as he read from 1 Kings 18. It says, and when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. So after a celebratory victory, what does Elijah do? He goes to Applebee's for half-price appetizers. I don't know what he was thinking in this moment. His moment of celebration resulted in maybe a catastrophic failure that we often can find ourselves in. Look what Elijah does. So Elijah commands, seize all of the prophets of Baal. Do not let a single one of them escape. So the people seized them all, and Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. What? What are you doing? What were you thinking? Why would you have done this? Have those questions ever been asked of you when you find yourself in a moment of failure? And you're like so stuck in the high of whatever that moment mountaintop experience was that you start to ask yourself that question, man, what was I doing? What was I thinking? And that, that, that just difficult, heartfelt moment just begins to overtake any moment or any experience of joy that you just had because you took it upon yourself to take things and take matters into your own hand. But look where, where, look where Elijah took them, from the mountain to the valley. We enter into now 1 Kings 19. And it says, when Ahab, who was the king at the time, told Jezebel, the queen, everything that Elijah had done, including the way that he killed all the prophets of Baal, Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you have killed them. So Elijah, in a typical response, Elijah was afraid for his life and he fled. I think it's pretty safe to say that none of us like being in the valley, let alone being caught in the valley of where we are. And oftentimes how we get to the valley is based on our own decisions. Sometimes it's things that happen where people have done something to us and we don't even know how we got there in the first place. But no one likes being in the valley. But the irony of that moment, again, Elijah literally took the people that just witnessed this incredible, incredible miracle, took them from the mountaintop and took them into the valley. It was in this moment that Elijah did something that we often do when we experience these moments and we, we kind of take pride in what we've done. We often let our human desires interfere with the promise that God has for us. See, in that moment, God had used Elijah because of his obedience to be a blessing for God's name to be proclaimed. All of these people, both prophets and, and those that were praising Baal, as well as people and innocent bystanders, saw what God had done through Elijah's obedience and how God shows up and what does Elijah do? He takes them, removes all of the prophets, takes them to the valley, and then has them killed. And you might say, well, Pastor Ethan, I've never killed anyone, and I'm grateful for that. But you might have taken someone with you in a moment when you experienced a mountaintop experience in life. And you have taken people with you into the valley because of maybe the things that you've said, maybe the things that you've done, maybe the things that you didn't say or didn't do. It's important for us to really consider when we go through these experiences in life, when God blesses us with more than we could have ever imagined, and we find ourselves starting to give ourselves the credit and say less and less of God and say more about ourselves, that we need to look around us and see where we are. Pastor J.M. mentioned that last week, to really look around the mountaintop and see where we are. See, we often choose to take the blessings that God has given us and selfishly turn them into our own accomplishments. 
And it's not for us to ignore the fact that we are being obedient and being used by God, but it's for other people to see what God can do through those who are obedient. But the part is, Elijah's story didn't stop there, and neither can yours. See, too often we choose just to remain the, the, the pain of the failures of our past rather than finding strength in the moment of God's grace. See, God isn't just standing there wondering what it is that caused you to be there. God is with you in that moment. So I'm not sure of the details of the circumstance of whatever got you into the place of where you are right now, if you are in a valley, but you can't stay there. Maybe it's a lie that you've believed about yourself. Maybe it's a, a moment from your past that you're not so proud of. Maybe it's something that happened so long ago, but it feels like you can just never get above wherever that moment was. But look at what Elijah did. 1 Kings 19, verse 4, he says, He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And Elijah is right. Time and time again throughout Scripture, we see these examples of people that God has called to be obedient. They become obedient. They do exactly what God calls them to do, only to find themselves in the same situation that Elijah was in, where they take the blessings that God has given them, take it upon themselves, and find themselves in the midst of a failure. And maybe you can say, man, I resonate with that as well. And I'm not too proud of those moments. But it, the problem is we oftentimes just sit and wait have you ever been there before? I know some of your stories. You know your story. You know the midst of the things that you were going through in life when it felt like there was no way that you could even physically get up from wherever it is that you were. Where it was easier just to remain in the valley, it was easier just to remain where you were rather than get up and take a step in the right direction. And so we just sit there. But here's the thing about you, and here's the thing about me, and here's the thing about all of creation. God does not give up on people. God gives opportunities. I firmly believe that today. Even in the midst of whatever it is that you have done that put yourself into that position where we don't deserve forgiveness, we don't deserve grace, we don't deserve another chance, we don't deserve redemption, we don't deserve whatever it is that would be possibly putting us in a better light than the place that we once were. God doesn't see you in the midst of your failures. God sees an opportunity. And that's a, that's a call for each and every one of us today, to, to stop just remaining of whatever it is that we're doing and saying, well, this is who I am or this is who I've become. To be able to look and see there is a God that loves you, that cares about you, that sees you in the midst of that moment, who knows what you were created for. And God might see us in the midst of our sin or he might see you in the midst of the emotional valley that you are in, but God doesn't leave us there. God has already begun to step before you and shape the next mountain that you are going to climb. And I truly believe that today because he did the same thing with Elijah. Look what he says. It says, then Elijah laid down, slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. That exclamation there, that exclamation point there is key because it wasn't a like, here's some food, man. Just get up. No, it was a command, get up and eat. So he looked around, and beside his head he found some baked bread on some hot, some, some hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up, ate, and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights to the Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. 
In just a few verses, there's so much to impact, but for all of us, these are key moments for you and I. They're moments that we've experienced or we may yet to experience, but one day we truly will. See, it's impossible for us to experience the mountaintops if we choose to remain in the valley. And that seems like a pretty cliche statement to make, but it is so true. There are days when getting up and getting out of bed, knowing whatever it is that you're experiencing, it might just be easier if you stayed there. The physical strength, because of the emotional battle that you're experiencing, it might just be better off that you, you just lay, you call in sick, do whatever you have to do. But maybe, just maybe, and the stress of these times and the moments when things are so heavy and overwhelming and it feels like remaining in the valley is easier than having to begin the climb, just maybe there's a God there that's going to provide. And again, I don't know what got you into the place that you once were or the place that you are right now, but I know that God provided. He provided for me He's provided for Elijah. He's provided for so many of you as you've shared your story. But it's important for us to understand that, that even though Elijah experienced the grace of God in that moment of a meal provided to him, he partook, laid back down again. But God, time and time again, continues to pursue us even when he gives us a blessing we don't recognize it as that. What a great example for us today. For Elijah to experience this, when even in the midst of that moment, he receives a blessing, he just shrugs it off as if no, nothing had just happened. No big deal has taken place. But when you truly look around at all the little things that happen around you for your good, I think it's then we start to get a better picture of just how much God loves you. That despite your circumstances, despite your failures, your current situation, maybe even your mental or emotional strength that you are in right now, God is actively providing you with blessings at just the right time. See, remember what God did, and look at the words that he did for Elijah in this moment. As the angel again came to him and touched him and said, get up and eat some more. The journey ahead will be too much. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him just enough strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights. The beauty of this moment is that your story does not have to be defined by the amount of time that you've spent in the valley, but it's how you choose to move forward knowing that the road ahead is rough. We get so fixated on the moment. We get so fixated on the journey to say, I know where I am right now, and in order for me to be a better person, X, Y, Z has to happen, and that is too tough. But did you catch where God took Elijah? God took Elijah from the valley to the mountain again. God didn't just say, you sit in the filth that you made. God didn't just say, stay here and think about what you've done. God actively pursued him in the midst of his failure in the valley and said, here, take this, eat. Not only that, take this. This road ahead is going to be rough, but I am with you. When things get too difficult, the blessings that we receive from God are just as what we needed them. When we find ourselves in the valley, oftentimes it's easy for our vision to get blurry. We become so fixated on that 40 days that we see in the scripture. That for 40 days he walked with just enough strength provided by God. But we, we miss out on the, the big difference that it makes when we remind ourselves that God is there in the moments with us. All of this to say, there's nothing wrong with reflecting on where you've been and what you've done in life. But it's what you do that changes your perspective on the situation of the valley to move from remaining in the valley to reflecting. It's easy for us to just sit there. And we can reflect back and think, man, look how far I've come. 
Look what God has brought me through. Look at the story of how God used this person, how God took their life, the things that seemed like they were so broken and there was no way out. There was no hope. And God intervened at just the right time. And for some, for some of you in this room, you've experienced that in just this last year. Maybe even the last month, maybe even the last week. But what happened next with Elijah was an important part to each and every one of our stories. And oftentimes it gets overlooked because we're too busy reflecting on the valley instead of seeing what's next. First Kings 19 through 21. 19, 19 through 21. So Elijah went out and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with them. Elijah went over him and threw his cloak around his shoulders. And he walked away. And Elijah left the oxen standing there. He ran after Elijah and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye. Then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elijah returned to his oxen, slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh, and he passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah to be his assistant. See, in these few verses, it's important for us to really look at this entire chapter of what we just read, but even reflecting back to last week from Pastor J.M., in those moments, it's important for us to realize in order for us to all heal, we all need help. And for Elijah in this moment, his help not only just came from the Lord, but it came through God providing him someone else. What help looks like for each and every one of us, whatever hurt or whatever valley we are experiencing, it's important for understanding this. It is impossible for healing to take place if we are not addressing the wound itself. Help takes time. We read roughly one chapter of scripture and a little, a few verses from the chapter before, and oftentimes I'll read scripture and I'll say, man, look what God did in just a few verses. But it's the time that took place over the course of those verses. Remember, it was 40 days that God was with him. It was days of traveling when Elijah was running from the king and from the queen. It was in these moments where we realized that help doesn't always often come in the flip of a light switch, but help takes time. And for some of you, that time feels like it's been forever. But would you stop and look around for a moment and see the blessings that God has provided, the small meals, the people that he has put into your path. And you hear it from us week in and week out, connecting to a community of people is truly what we desire for you. Not to just come and receive on a Sunday morning and for you to be a part of, of a, an activity or an event that we host, but to connect with a group of people that you can walk through the mountaintops of life and celebrate with, but also to remain in that moment of when times are tough to say, I'm not going to just settle for the valley by myself, but I'm going to surround myself with people who are going to walk with me through this journey. It's important for us to understand this, that even left alone in the, value, the valley of our failures can often feel like there's no way out. But when God is with us, and we have surrounded ourselves with a group of individuals that cares for us despite whatever it is that put us in that place. We are not found and based on whatever it is that put us there, but we have been seen by a God that loves us and a group of individuals that cares for you to know that you can find forgiveness and healing. Again, look what happened with Elijah. He went ahead and found Elisha's son, Shaphat, plowing the field. There were those 12 field of oxen in the field, and Elijah was plowing with that 12th team. Elijah went over to him, threw his cloak around his shoulders, and walked away. This moment was a moment of anointing from Elijah to Elisha. 
to basically say like, man, I need someone. You're my guy. You're on my team. And this unorthodox way of anointing Elisha in that moment for Elisha, he had to have been taken back. Like, what just happened? I'm out here doing what I do. This is my field. These are my oxen. This is my plow. He was already in the mountaintop or the valley of wherever he was that he was going through, but there was obedience that took place on both of their parts, on both Elijah's part as well as Elisha's part. Do you remember last week what Elijah said in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 22? Elijah, in this moment, knowing that he had to face up against these other prophets of Baal, these individuals who didn't believe about him, Elijah says, am I the only prophet left? Elijah felt beside himself. But God showed up. And so now did not, God not only show up back then, God shows up right now in the midst of Elijah's valley, provides him with a helping hand so Elijah can no longer say, am I the only one left? You've got someone. And for some of you, that someone right now, you have no clue who that person is. Maybe they're in this room. Maybe they attend this church. Maybe it's someone that you've trusted for quite some time, but you've never felt that nudge. You've never felt like the time was right for you to say to someone, I could use some help. But again, help takes time to heal, and we cannot heal if we don't address the wound. So for Elijah, this decision was important. Again, remember, he left his oxen standing there. He ran after Elijah and said to them, first, let me go kiss my mother and father goodbye. Then I'm going to go with you. Elijah replies to him, go back. Think about what I've done to you. So Elijah returned his oxen, slaughtered them, used the wood from the plow to build that fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople. They all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. We have to be willing to be used, to be able to use the blessings that God has truly given us to be a blessing to someone else. For Elijah, this was easy for him to be obedient at this point. Remember, he had, he had lost everything. He was in the valley by himself to the point where he said, I'm just, just kill me. I'm done. But God provided a way. And then God provided an opportunity for him to receive a blessing as well too in Elisha. But for Elisha, it called for him to respond and be obedient as well. And maybe he knew about Elijah's story. He knew about the valley that he was in. He knew about the failures and the mistakes that he had just made. But Elijah responded. And not only that, Elijah was all in. Not only did he just say, okay, Elijah, I'm coming with you, but what did Elisha do? He took the field, he took his plow, he took his oxen, and he didn't just give them to someone else that was in his town and say, hey, take care of these guys in case this thing with Elijah doesn't work out. He slaughtered his oxen. He used the wood from his plow to start the fire so he could cook the meat, and then he fed it to his townspeople, and then he left. See, when God allows for us to be obedient and he says, Let's go. It's not okay, God. I'm going to take two-thirds of my commitment and give it to you. It's here I am, Lord. Use me. And for Elisha, that meant everything. There was no going back. There was no field to return to. There was no plow. There was no oxen. This is what I have. This is what I'm going to give. And so again, as I, I shared with you at the beginning of today's message, This was important for you to realize, that whether you are on the mountaintop or the valley, it wasn't for us to just remain wherever we were. It's for us to seek out the people. And in just a minute, we're going to have a time to reflect. The worship team is going to come out, and we're going to sing a song called Hills and Valleys. 
For some of you, maybe it's a song that you've heard before, but during this time, we want to give you the opportunity to just reflect. To take a step back and say, wherever I am right now, God, would you provide me with a blessing? Maybe for some of you, that blessing is to give you what exactly you need in that moment. For Elijah, it was a meal to prepare him for a 40-day journey that would be way too difficult for him to do on his own. For some of you, maybe it's an opportunity for you to, to lower yourself from the mountaintop that you are on to walk through the valley with someone else. Not to look down upon someone else for the mistakes or the failures and the moments that they have partaken in to get to where they are right now. We serve a God who doesn't stand upon the mountaintops wondering how long it's going to take for you to get up. We serve a God who sees you in the midst of your valleys and meets you there. So in this moment of reflection, would you just listen? Would you just sit in his presence? Would you allow for God to bless you in this moment? And in the days to come, whether you find yourself in a valley or you find yourself atop of the mountain, we can look around and say, God, I'll be obedient. It's not for my praise. It's not for whatever I'm going to do, but it's because of what you're going to do through me so that others might find relationship in you. Would you use this moment for yourself? Hey, thanks again for joining us for the First Naz podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.